What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, everybody, to the first full edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Micah McDonald. I am joined today and for the rest of eternity with my co-host, Andy McDonald. Um, what up? Andy, how are you today? I'm good. Eternity is a long time. I appreciate that commitment on your end. But no, happy to be here, man. Cool. So um, I kind of put out a uh, quick little uh, pilot intro episode, just kind of giving giving people an idea of what we kind of wanted to do here and, you know, our, my view of everything that's going on. What do you, you got anything to add to it? Um, no, I, I think it's cool, man. I think, um, I think everyone and their mother has a podcast, which makes this great because it's a platform for us to talk. It, it's, we've, you know, we talk all the time, just you and I about the Raiders and our feelings and thoughts. So might as well get it on the podcast. And I think it's cool. Cause then we can be like, man, how, you know, how wrong was I about this feeling, you know, or what have you. Yeah. So I think it's cool to, to kind of note those things and get our thoughts out there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, we both are just diehard Raider fans, just like bullshitting about stuff. So um, it's fun to be able to have that platform to do that and uh, get after it and, you know, be wrong when we're wrong and be right when we're right. So yeah, it'll be usually, fun to do. Yeah, we're usually right all the time. Yeah, so, all so the you time. So you should listen up about this. 60% of the time, we're right all the time. Yeah. And it's cool you can cuss. I forgot about that. I yeah. held in a couple of F-bombs just in my first sentence, which is odd for a human. But yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm ready, man. I, it, it's it's cool, to, cool to sit down with you for the first time and, and get this thing rolling. So, you know, we'll look back on this in a couple of years and be like, man, remember when we, we weren't famous and we didn't have all millions of followers that we're going to have. So yeah. like, subscribe. I don't even know where this is going. Spotify? Spotify, Apple, um, okay. all places you can find podcasts. Okay. Uh, you can find it. You'll, the link will be out on Twitter. Yeah. Um, any, any way we can get it out to people. So cool. I'm out for Raider Cody's job. Oh, whatever that guy's name Ooh, is. Ooh, that's, is he a good dude? That's a tough, yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. Okay. He's, yeah, he's a cool dude. He, uh, that's a, that's a tough, tough, we, tough crown to try to, to go for, but well, it's yeah, a good he kind of just, he, he hijacked the name. Yeah. I wanted to be Raider Cody, even though I'm Andy, <laughs> but you know. Cody throws sick parties from what it sounds like. So yeah. anyways, to get back on track with things. Yes, sir. Um, the first thing we're going to jump into is just kind of doing a quick little uh, uh, review of the roster. Um, last Saturday was kind of the uh, tentative 53-man roster finalizations for the most part with how this whole COVID stuff is going on. It's kind of things are a little funky right now. But that was essentially when pe- the teams had to get down to 53. Um we're just going to do a quick little um, thoughts preview of it. I'm going to take the offensive side of the ball, and he's going to take the defensive side of the ball, and uh, I will let him start first. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because um, this is obviously a new – it's a new year with COVID and, and with uh, the testing that's going on and, and the safety protocols around it. But because of that, they, they were able to expand the practice squad um, rosters up, I believe, to 14, um, so you can carry a little bit more folks – on your team, hence, um, you know, us 
cutting a couple of folks and re-signing them back to our roster um, on the practice side of things. Um, Theo Riddick is one example of that, but it gives you just added security. Um, I think Josh McCown's getting paid. It's like 12 grand a week to be on the practice squad for the Eagles just to sit at home and be ready. And he just like joins Zoom calls and like, that's a sick job. Um, that man and, will find money anywhere. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, him and Fitzpatrick are just battling to see who can last longer. Um, but no, it, it, I think it's a good thing. And, and I think because of that, it gives the Raiders a little bit more depth and a little bit more flexibility during the uncertain times of, of what we're going through. So um, I'll start with the defense side of the ball. I think, you know, that's that's really been um, probably the biggest thing that we've, we've dealt with over the years is our offense has not been a top 10 offense um, by any means, but I feel like we've been relatively efficient. I feel like we've, we've scored a lot, but it's, I think, you know, Gruden and Derek Carr touched on it this past week. It, it's how many drives did they get? How many, how many times did they actually get the ball? And if you actually looked at it from an efficiency standpoint, they were pretty good on the offensive side, I'm not talking about the offensive side. So I'll trans, <laughs> transfer <laughs> over. Um, but it really comes down to the defense and the defense getting the heck off the field, you know? So when you look at it, um, you know, Max Crosby obviously jumped to, to some um, relevancy last year as a rookie when we thought it would be Clee Farrell. We'll take production where we can get it. Um, but I think that defensive line has gotten better. Um, Carl Nassib, Malik Collins, name a few that are bolstering that defensive line. I don't think it's star studded by any means, but I think it's deep, you know, so where it's, if, if we don't have someone for a week, then we're not like, Oh shit. Like, you know, we're kind of screwed. We have a little bit of a hole in a sense. So I think it's good for, for us to have depth there to be able to rotate and keep people fresh. Um, and hopefully we can get off the damn field. So then everyone will be fresh. But, um, I think what it comes down to is, is the strength I would probably say is the D line. Um, I think our, our linebacking core is revamped with Corey Littleton, Nick Kwiatkowski, whatever, however you say his last name. Um, Nick Morrow is in there. We just, we traded for Rayquan McMillan. He gives us depth in the run game. Um, I think that, side of the ball or at least that positional grouping needs to prove itself first before we crown him. But I would say the strength of the D line. And then I think that the secondary is a concern. I mean, I think I, I do like how Trayvon Mullen came on last year. Um, I think he was someone that um, started slow out of the gates. I know he was a, a little bit hampered by, by some injuries in the beginning, but he came on, but now he's our number one, you know, you trade Gary on Conley for a bag of nickels and then you end up getting, um, you know, Damon Arnett in the draft, which, feel how it however you want to I'm really talking to myself there but I didn't I didn't think that was the right pick at the time I I valued other corners higher than him that ended up going off the board but I think exactly what they said he was he had, he ended up showing in camp but he'll be tested early he's going to be on the other side of of uh, Trayvon Mullen in that sense so you basically have two two rookies with Trayvon Mullen playing you know the back end of week of year one so he doesn't even have a full slate of games um, you know, in, in his belt, in a sense. So then, then you have Arnett, who's a true rookie, which they'll be tested early. You know, I'm not going to say that the Panthers are necessarily <laughs> going to test them, but um, you know, they got they got a couple couple good guys out there. DJ Moore, in particular, who it's going to be tough and it's going to be challenging. And then you work your way back to the secondary. You sign Lamarcus Joyner to a big deal. Um, before last year, he was a little underwhelming. Do you play him in the nickel? Do you play him at you know free safety? You know, it's like, but when it comes down to it, and you rely on you know, fucking LaMarcus Joyner to be your guy, then that's, that's really your problem. He was best used when he was in St. Louis as a glue guy. He was like, you know, you would move him around, you'd use him where he's most efficient. So I think you look at him and now we have Eric Harris who ended up beating out to Marius Randall, who we ended up cutting, which was a surprise because of a talent perspective. But from what all, everything that we heard um, is that he only 
was at one practice, right? So he only had one practice full to show whether he was a fit in the team. So it's like skill there for Demarius Randall, yes, but you, you know the best of it, ability is availability, right? And that's what Gruden always says. Um, and I think it's something where he wasn't available enough, and, and they like what they saw with Eric Harris. So that's a a stroke of confidence for him. Um, so I like him, you know, paired next to Jonathan Abram. Abram um, played a half of football last year. He broke his shoulder and he actually broke his shoulder in the first quarter and kept playing, which is pretty impressive, but he's back now. So he's still a rookie. So if you look at it, you know, three of your four starters um, in the secondary, obviously will be a nickel. So that'll be flex to five, but it's, it's predominantly rookies, right? It's predominantly folks that don't have a ton of tape, don't have a ton of, that's my timer. Um, perfect. I went over. Um, right. So they don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of legs sound in a sense. So I think it's, they'll be tested early, but that's why they're the weakest group. I think they have the highest potential of all the groupings. I think they can turn out to be, you know, pretty dang good. But, but I think a lot's to be said. I think we got it just, it's very simple. You got to get after the pass, you know, you got to get after the, uh, the quarterback and you got to be able to, to defend in coverage. And, and what we do with Littleton moving him around, um, Kwiatkowski is going to be on the weak side, you know, so he's going to be responsible for coverage and everything like that. So it, it's, everyone's going to be tested. I think it's a young group and the defense has changed faces so much over the last three or four years that it's, it's tough, right? And it's tough to have a true identity. And I think you see the teams that are the best or the ones that are withstanding in the, in the NFL or the ones that stick together and actually build something. So we have, we're young, we're talented, but we, we got to prove ourselves. So I would say this, the strength of defense is that D line with the depth and with, you know, Max Crosby coming on last year, Cleve Farrell adding some weight, being who that number four overall selection was. Um, but I think the secondary is going to be tested. I think, you know, we'll find out, right? I don't think we're going to necessarily write the book in week one, but then week two is New Orleans. Week, you know, week three is Tampa Bay. It's like, it's common. No, week three is New England, right? New England, yeah. New England, then Tampa Bay. So it's like, you'll, you'll be tested, right? That's all I'm trying to say. So, We'll find out. You know, I hope at the end of this year and we're recording something that we're saying, man, that secondary is great, but we'll see. So that's what I got for defense. I'll kick it over to you on the other side of the ball. Yeah, and I'll just add to that a little bit. It is going to be interesting with how just young everybody is. You know, right. it's going to be – hopefully it's sooner than later that it comes together. But um, I am glad it's not the Saints week one or the Bucks week one or the Patriots. So, you know, luckily we're going to be able to – Kind of see what yep. what happens, and and hopefully we get a good gauge for things. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, like you said, it seems to over the years be something that was the stronger side of our team, even though it wasn't necessarily you know top in the NFL mm-hmm. or anything. But um, the biggest thing was that yes, they're efficient. Yes, uh, you know Derek Carr is doing great with his um, completion percentage and his um, QBR and you know his efficiency with stuff. But when it comes down to it, we're not getting wins. We're not closing out games. We're not producing in the red zone like they should have all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can be, and it's so many people that don't like Derek Carr and disagree with him being uh, the leader of our team, um, you know, have kind of a point in the sense of like, you know, where is it at when, when the brass taxes are there on, mm-hmm. on, you know, can you get it done type of thing. I think a big part of it is not necessarily having a full slate of weapons uh, like he should have. You know, we've had great players, players that have, uh, you know, we've seen Darren Waller, you know, in his resurgence um, in the NFL and whatnot. He's phenomenal. One of the best tight ends in the league now. Um, 
you know, we had good production out of our receivers and Tyrell Williams in the beginning of the season. Um, and then he got hurt. And then, you know, Josh Jakes was, was coming into his own last year. And then he got hurt and was battling through a broken shoulder. And then as soon as Hunter Renfro started doing good, he got hurt. So we kind of got screwed on a lot of injuries last year. Um, that being said, we added definitely a lot of young, awesome weapons to the offense. Um, obviously, most notably, Henry Ruggs third coming in. <laughs> the third, sorry. Uh, coming in at receiver. He's just so fucking fast it's unbelievable and um you know good route runner um he's very uh very knowledgeable from what people said he he learns easy he was a lot of people kind of uh talked about how he was one of the leaders in that wide receiver room at alabama which is kind of surprising coming out with jerry judy and um you know you had some other guys in there with uh jalen waddle and stuff like that that were younger but to come out and hear that he was kind of the alpha in that room um was kind of surprising but i think that it's going to be great to have that type of speed with a receiver finally and um essentially finally get what we were expecting to get when we brought in antonio brown and a lot of people are saying that he's going to fill that role within the play scheme that gruden wanted antonio brown to be so it's going to nice going to be nice seeing that part of the playbook kind of open up and you know get things going um obviously with josh jacobs one of the better probably the best rookie running back last year should have won rookie of the year kind of got screwed out to uh kyler murray in my opinion um but uh you know we're expecting big things from him as well um hopefully he can play healthy play a full season uh but you know, really a lot of young talent on the offensive side of the ball as well. So um, Brian Edwards is another big name coming out right now because he was um, third round pick. Uh, and people kind of wonder where he was going to fit in as far as like, is he going to play a whole lot in the first year? He's essentially um, going to be, you know, a bigger, bigger wide receiver uh, possession kind of guy. It's what we kind of... Uh, brought Tyrell Williams in to be for the most part is kind of a bigger wide receiver and him going down with injury kind of opened the door for Edwards yep. to come out. A lot of people saying he's doing great things in camp, just looking, you know, outstanding out there, learning quickly, being physical, kind of being a, a young leader um, in the wide receiver room for the most part. And um, so it's going to be exciting seeing him, you know, get on the field a lot more than we initially expected to. Um I think that our offensive line is really good. I think that they, they don't necessarily get mentioned with one of the top lines in the NFL, but I think we do, when healthy, have a really great offensive line. Um, Gabe Jackson has kind of ha- had his injury issues, and there's question marks on whether he'll even be on the team lasting through the, the end of the season. You know, We obviously didn't see him get cut. They obviously want him to be a contributor there. Um, but... You know, with him and Richie, they are, uh, you know, you got someone that's a little injury prone. You got a guy that's 67 years old, I think. <laughs> 35, he's but up he's up there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you got, you got some question marks on, on where your guards are going to be in the future. But, um, you know, with Trent Brown, um, at right tackle, uh, great young stud, probably one of the best tackles in the league. Um, we saw Colton Miller get a lot better um, in year two from year one. He's got a lot that he needs to improve on, but he improved drastically um, in that first year jump. So we're just really, you know, hoping that he he continues to improve because then we got two young tackles that we can rely on um, both sides. So 
I'm excited for the offense. I think that they're going to pick up where they left off just with more firepower this time. I feel like they're going to do a lot better. It's just whether, um, you know, we see 2016 Derek Carr that just goes out there slanging and banging and just getting after it and, uh, you know, relying on all his receivers, all his weapons and everybody's just clicking and, uh, you know, on the same page with everything. So I'm excited to see that. I think they're going to do some big things this year on offense. Um, Kind of like the defense, we've got a lot of young players that we're, you know, relying on to mesh and um, gel together. Uh, one thing that they didn't, um, that was a little perplexed on at you as well as uh, them dealing Lim Bowden. And you kind of thought that like, okay, we brought him in. They said he's going to be a running back. He's going to come in. He's going to be a running back. Um, you know, we were kind of going into the offseason, going in the draft, you're wondering, are they going to do something to kind of be able to spell Josh Jacobs when he needs a rest, when he needs a break? Um, scratch your head a little bit about Lynn Bowden being that guy, but nonetheless, he was going to be someone that could be incorporated and put in in that joker role and just kind of asked to move all over the place and just, um, you know, be be someone to give Josh Jacobs a rest along with Jalen Richard. Um, but they dealt him and, you know, that's that's that and we won't ever get to see that until i think we play miami in week 16 or something like that the back half of the season so yeah um yeah just uh you know a lot of a lot of very impressive things on this offense a lot of exciting things on this offense and you're really just one hoping that injuries don't jump us again and two that things seem to you know mesh like we think they could yeah, no, and I'll touch on the offensive side a little bit too. Is, is I think the injury thing is is a concern for anyone, right? But I think when you look at it, just like I said with the defensive line for the wide receiver core, you know you have you're starting Rugs and Edwards and and Renfro, but you know it's not. It, we did have Tyrell Williams that went out, but it's they're not starting because we don't have anyone else. Like they still have Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, which can be a joke sometimes, super great meme, but. I think what it comes down to is, is, is we'll have depth if, if anyone gets banged up, right? We don't want that to happen, but I do, I do trust that Zay Jones can come in and, and be a factor. You know, I think last year we, we were dealing with trotting out Keelan Doss and Mar- Marcel Aitman, you know, or, you know, and it's just not going to work. Right. But I think we do have some depth there and I think it's something that we'll be okay. You know, I think it's one of the deeper position groupings, you know, within the offense. And then the last thing I'll say about the offense side of the ball, probably not, but Derek Carr is, I loved it. I love DC. Yeah, right. I, I think he's, I don't, I don't, I don't question the fact of, of whether he's a leader. I think he's the, the perfect person to, to be the identity of the Las Vegas Raiders, which is tough to say, but Las Vegas Raiders is tough just because I love Oakland. But, um, I think what it is, is, is he just needs to, everyone calls it like a check down Charlie or whatever, even whatever it is, but it's like, he just needs to cut it loose. Right. Yeah, I think when, be that dude. Yeah. And, and, and with John Gruden's system is so complex. And so, you know, when he, and he goes up there thinking about different checks, he needs to make different slide protections. Are they in the right, um, you know, positioning group, whatever it is, right. Are we in the right format in a sense? And I think he just needs to kind of in 2016, I think he just cut it loose completely. It was Jack Del Rio and he just like, let him go. And it wasn't the best offense, but he just kind of, you know, through the rock, right? He just went out there and just started slinging it. And I think it's, it's more of a mental thing for him. And I honestly, I would take under 70% completion percentage and a little, and maybe one or two more interceptions because we're taking more chances, right? Yeah, so I'll yeah. take that because in, in turn, then we'll put a bigger threat when we can hit, you know, deeper routes, when we can hit the ball downfield in a sense. 
um, and really take chances. I think we can get a little bit vanilla sometimes or a little bit soft, in my opinion, when it comes to our offensive attack. So if we can do that and Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards can be deeper threats or, or at least threats to the defensive coordinator's mind, then that opens it up for Josh Jacobs. Then, like you saw the most eight-man um, fronts in the NFL last year. Ian, we were the most efficient seeing eight-man fronts per you know yards per carry. So if you take that and say, okay, well, we're going to push the ball downfield. We're going to threaten deep um, or at least impose that threat on the defense. Then at least they'll be thinking about it. And that will then create holes and openings for him. It'll create underneath routes for Renfro, what have you. Right now, it's a little bit of a tangent. But I think with my problem with DC is just, dude, cut, cut it loose. Yeah. Right. And I, I watched his press conference the other day and he was like, he was just pissed. Yeah. You know, and he had like a, had a little bit of an edge about him. And just like, dude, who cares what people think? Who cares what people are saying about you? Just go, it's your team, but now you got to prove it. Right? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's what it comes down to. And that, that's been my only problem with DC is just like, bro, just, just let it loose. And, and we, I don't think we had the, the resources to do that, but I think this year we do. So. Um, and I think that, um, over anything, DC's so big on, like, he's a big trust guy. Huge trust. And quarterbacks have to be that way. But you, he trusted Crabtree 1000% in 2016. He trusted Cook 1000% in 2016. Um, uh, Cooper, maybe not, um, the most, but he had, like, he knew that wherever he threw it, his guy was going to be the only guy that could get it. And more often than not, they were going to get it. So I felt like that, that was a big thing, like trusting that, the dude that you're throwing to knows where you're going to throw it, why you're going to throw it there, and he's expecting it as well. Yeah. I think is is one of the biggest things he hasn't had in this time frame because no, we've seen yeah. so much turnover within the wide receiver and tight end position. So. No, I got you there. Um, well, no, it's a good good overview. I think we're we're optimistic about some groups. I think there's other groups that need to prove themselves, and and, and we'll see. You know, but I feel pretty dang good about this roster collectively, and, I, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, but we, we can transition a little bit. Um, we'll make our, our week one predictions at the, at the end of this, but let's get into, um, maybe a little bit more general NFL, um, when it comes to fantasy, because everyone, you know, really fucking cares about what your fantasy team is. Because you don't, we will talk about ours. So what is one thing on your fantasy team? How'd that go for you? What are some things that you're questioning? How are you feeling with this week one? Because everyone is wondering. Yeah. So, um, I think the biggest thing that, Everyone deals with this um, with their fantasy teams, but I have Christian McCaffrey in both my uh, leagues, the two leagues that I'm in. So, of course, I want the Raiders to do well, but also, you know, if I want my team to do well, uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to have to go off on my team, which I guess if the Raiders are going to get their ass beat by anything, might as well be someone that I have, but I also would rather him get shut down completely. Um, I am in two different dynasty leagues, which is interesting for me. Haven't done this before. I did, did one of them last year and in a second one this year, but you essentially draft and you um, have the team for multiple years. It's not just a one and done type team. Um, My biggest thing that I had issues with is um, just so many fucking receivers out there to draft and <laughs> not a lot of running backs and running backs are kind of gold when it comes to fantasy so mm-hmm. um i think that i have there's two things that i've done i've drafted a lot of receivers and i have definitely jumped in on a lot of raiders players when Perfect. i had the chance and yeah you could, the brand you could call that homerism but i just i'm always just so optimistic i'm uh, you know i got i got rugs i got waller and i got jacobs just running in one lineup and i'm like fucking let's go boys <laughs> Ride or die with the Raiders. Yeah, so. I'm good with that. Yeah. What about you? 
Um, no, I, I think it, it's an interesting year and, and it's tough because of everything going on with the coronavirus. I think it's obviously a, a big deal and a big issue. Um, but what from a football perspective or a fantasy perspective, at least it's if, if someone tests positive, right, they, if there's a positive test, they're on the IR for three games, right? And that's almost, you know, a third or a, or a quarter of your fantasy season, right? So I think that's tough. Um, I, I think the running back market was, you know, after you got past, man, I would say RB7 or RB8, it was it was nothing, dude. And it was like matchups and it was like, I hope this person does well in camp to get some snaps. And so I went pretty heavy on the, on the um, running back side of things from the beginning. I went Jacobs, Homer, and then I went Nick Chubb, um, you know, Kevin Stefanski coming over from Minnesota. He got the job in Cleveland, um, Dalvin Cook. That offense was centered around him. He led the league in goal-to-goal touches, right? So it's like he's incorporated. I felt good about Cook there. But then because of that, I was a little short on receivers. But I felt good because you can kind of piece together that. So I was like, man, I feel great. I got Terry McLaurin. I got Mike Evans. I got Cortland Sutton on my bench. Feeling good. Well, all within the last 48 hours, two of those three basically died. Um, Mike Evans still has a hamstring issue, injury, whatever you want to call it, um, soft tissue and then Cortland Sutton banging his shoulder up in practice. So here's what I'm actually might be trotting out on Sunday, tomorrow. Um, Terry McLaurin, who has Dwayne Haskins thrown to him, which is always promising. And Scotty Miller. You know Ooh. that guy? Ooh. Yeah. He's on the Buccaneers. And I he's don't. white and he's fast. And I think that's cool. But I might roll him out if Evans is listed as you know, um, doubtful or questionable and they rule him out for the game. I'm just banking on the fact that that's – Tom Brady's Edelman, um, having to kill Harry, don't know about him, um, whatever, right? It's like, it's just, I feel like I felt so good about getting two of the top running backs. And then when it comes down to it, I felt good about my receivers and they all basically died the, this past week. So I'm, I'm a little gimpy rolling into week one, but fantasy is a marathon, not a sprint. Reigning champion because everyone cares. Um, suck it, Aerotech 459 league. Um, you're going to do with my shit talking all year, but. All in all, it's fantasy is interesting. I think it, I think the cool part of it is the fact that you could either a not know anything about football and still play and be interested, or b you could be diehard to one team, but then fantasy allows you to get involved in the NFL completely. So it's compl- it's a brilliant strategy and yeah. brilliant um, game in a sense because then you just bring on your listeners and bring on you know the folks that are tuned into Red Zone with Scott Hansen at 10 a.m. on the West Coast for us. So. Um, it's exciting. I, I think it's fun. I think, you know, it's, it's fun to bet. It's fun to play in these leagues and, and, and keep your entertainment level at a maximum when you're forced to be with your significant others in the shelter in place and coronavirus pandemics. But I digress. Um, we can transition then um, to, so that's our fantasy teams. Thanks for caring so much. It's super important. Everyone does. My wife especially loves it. Let's move over to just, now we'll get into the betting side, right? So we'll, sh- we'll jump into... Basically, your mortal lock of the week. We got a couple, you know, we have two games that we, you and I picked. We might be able to dive into more of it just based, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But let's just start with one game based on the spread, based on the numbers. What, what's your mortal lock of the week for week one? Well, my mortal lock of the week, and I took me 0.05 seconds to choose this mortal lock, but my mortal lock is Baltimore minus seven. Why? Against because they are playing the Browns. Oh, there you go. That's, that's and good. that is that is a uh, number one reason. <laughs> number two is that um, you know I Baltimore. I feel like they 
they ran through the regular season last year. Um, and then, you know, playoffs kind of fizzled out. They've got a lot to prove. A lot of people are saying, you know, can, um, can, uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, yeah. having a brain fart, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, kind of go in to this next season and just ball out like he did too. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to come out and just absolutely curb stomp the Browns. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to put up a lot more than uh one touchdown lead on them um and you know the browns they are not who we thought they were that's because true they are terrible and baltimore will not let them off the hook yes. so if you have a uh, hundred thousand dollars to spend this weekend throw it on baltimore minus seven love that pick doesn't bode well for my nick chubb fantasy but <laughs> you don't care about my team i don't um, so i'm gonna shift over and, and i'm gonna take so i do i do bet i do enjoy um, winning money or wasting money depends on what glass do you look at, whether it's full or empty. Um, but that didn't make sense. Um, I am going to go Falcons and I love, I love dogs. I especially love golden retrievers and I love home dogs. Mm. So Falcons are home dogs plus one and a half. Seattle's coming to town. And here's why I think the Falcons end of the year six and two, right? So they, they finish the year strong. They, Added Todd Gurley, I don't think he's going to be who he was before. I think they added a threat, though. Devontae Freeman was out a lot last year, concussions. Um, he's not even on a team anymore, right? So they didn't have a true threat. I think Ito Smith was a name, and he was, like, on their team and actually played, and that's a name that people don't even probably know because Ito Smith isn't someone you should know. So I do think that they added Todd Gurley. They brought over, so they lost Austin Hooper in free agency. They brought over Hayden Hurst from Baltimore, who got beat out by Mark Andrews. But I think he's someone who will just add to the team. I don't think he's going to be a complete regression from Austin Hooper. Um, and you still have Julio Jones, and you still have Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan, who I think is very undervalued or underappreciated um, within the NFL. So I, then you look at the Seattle side of things. They're coming from the great Northwest. They're traveling eastbound um, or the traveling you know across the country I think it's weird pandemic style traveling all these things that they have to factor there's and then you know all this time Atlanta's just going to sit at home and, and play a game on Sunday so I think even regardless outside of those logistical things I think Seattle's just super hyped in general I don't like them as much as I think a lot of folks do um, they're in a tough division where everyone beats up on each other but it's still the Russell Wilson show Chris Carson is, he has shown flashes of being good. Um, DK Metcalf is, is somehow now considered Calvin Johnson, which I don't agree with at all. And then you have Tyler Lockett. I, I just don't think, even if you took the two rosters that they match up, well, I think the, the Seahawks have a lot of, um, issues on the defensive side. Their secondary is in question. Um, I, I just think, I, I don't get why they're so, um, hyped up to be this. I think Atlanta's underrated and I think they took, you know, a lot of momentum coming from the back end of last year into this year. Um, so the, when I see home dogs, I, I want to be able to justify it. So I think Falcons plus one and a half, I flexed it to two or yeah, I think so the, the actual line just moved to one and a half. So it was two and a half yesterday. I flexed it three and a half, took less odds cause I rolled it into a parlay, but I was like, cool, I'll take three and a half and have them lose by three at home. But I honestly think they'll win outright. If, if you had me just bet straight money line, I would bet the Falcons in this, right? So that's my mortal lock of the week. Because I'm so passionate about it, because I'm so confident, means it will not hit. So if you're feeling lucky, bet against me. Um, but that's my thoughts. I think the Falcons take the first one. We won at home. And then, because even Seattle traditionally is slow to kind of get into their mode, and then they're usually a threat come playoff time. But I think, I think the Falcons win this. And I think it's, I honestly could see them 
winning by a touchdown, but don't take my word for it. Go bet your own money somewhere else. I think that one thing you're also forgetting is that Seattle does not have the opportunity to start all first round draft picks. That's true. Uh, like the Falcons do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's got to give, that's got to give you at least half a point edge. I would think so. I mean, yeah. 10 of their 11 offensive starters are, are first round picks. So don't know why they couldn't just roll someone out there for, to make it 11 for 11, but we'll save that for another pod. Um, well, cool. So I, I think we're able to touch a little bit on the NFL. I, you know, I think there will be time where we can go into it a little bit more. It's probably going to be things happen. There's going to be an electric week one that we can talk about, but um, I think we can transition now to our week one preview. I say we stick on it. Um, like how we broke up the roster and, and why don't you take the offensive side of the ball Talk about some advantages there. Give, Actually, just talk about the advantages. I'll talk about defense, how we're matching up there, and then we'll get into our predictions after that. Sounds good. Um, well, offensively, um, I think we match up very well against their defense. Um, there's never been a better time to match up against a Carolina Panther defense than when they are Luke Keekley-less. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that being one of the all-time strengths of their defense now gone. Um and us working on getting, you know, he was so good in coverage, so good in everything that he mm-hmm. did. But, um, you know, wanting to try to get running backs involved more, you know, talking about getting Jacobs involved more in the passing game, stuff like that is going to be, you know, exponentially easier now. I think um, that we should be able to do whatever we want against this defense, in my opinion. I think that they do have a very, very good defensive line. Um you got uh, Burns in there, and then I believe uh, Derek Brown mm-hmm. is on that yeah, defensive line. Number seven too. overall pick. Yeah. So um, you yeah. got you got young guys that are just beasts. Um, you know, high draft picks, and I think that um, one of our strengths, luckily, is our offensive line. So that bodes well against them. I think if we can really, you know, limit any production their D line has, will um, be great for us and help uh kind of dc get involved with you know with the young receivers and kind of get things get things rolling um you know make some lanes for jacobs to run um i think they're going to do great i my prediction is they put up at least 28 points on this defense um i think they start off the season hot um and being that it's you know, a team that they can go in and essentially if they can control the line of scrimmage, they can control this game. I think we got a good shot at it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, over under uh, this over under, let's just say 284 and a half passing yards for Derek Carr. Ooh, um, man, that's hard. I'm going to take the under um, only because he has been such a under that kind of guy. Um <laughs> I think that he throws, I think he does well. Um, but I think that the running game does so well that he doesn't have to throw for 300 plus, you know, to win this game or, you know, and, and maybe they let him just like sling it and he throws for 350. Um, but I feel like it's going to be probably more in the 250 to 275 range. Um, with a couple touchdowns, uh, but Jacobs is going to get over 100 yards with at least a touchdown. So I think it's going to be a well balanced offense. Um, DC is going to sling it, but the run game is also going to flourish. Great. I love that. Um, well, yeah, we'll get to the defensive side of the ball then. Um, I think it's interesting, right? I think that we don't know a lot. You know, there, there's no preseason, but I don't think that's, for most teams, a big deal. But when you look at it, um, you have to look at, essentially, Teddy Bridgewater, who is um, – he's new. He came, from, he came from New Orleans, right? So he's a new quarterback within their system. Haven't seen him. Matt Rule's new head coach. Okay, he came from Baylor. Highly touted. 
Temple before that, you know, he's he's someone that it's like, okay, so now we have to watch Temple game film and we have to watch Baylor game film. And then you think of um, Joe Brady coming from LSU. He's the offense coordinator. So then you're like, okay, we have to look at LSU tape. We have to look at Baylor tape, Temple tape, and then we have to look at Teddy Bridgewater on the Saints yeah. in those four games that he started. And so I think that's something that is tough. It's tough to game plan around. And, yeah. and But really, like, I... I still believe, like you just you just got to trust your eye. You still have to assess the the folks that are there. Um, Christian McCaffrey, you just got to know where he is at all times. You know, it's it's it, that's obviously silly because that's a no shit. But he's someone that you have to account for. And if you don't have a game plan for him, then then you'll then you'll be you'll be capitalized on. So, but I think it's it's great because in a sense, Teddy Bridgewater isn't someone that on paper scares you. Yeah, he's, he's someone yeah. that is is predominantly better off of play action, which goes well because of McCaffrey. But even then, he's not someone that can take over a game, in my honest opinion. So I think when you look at him, so you look at Bridgewater, you look at DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson came over from the Jets. He had ties to Matt Rule, who Robbie Anderson went to Temple. Matt Rule was at Temple, so there's a connection there. So they brought him over in free agency. But even then, he's a take-the-top-off-the-defense kind of guy, but you're either going to get four catches for 120 yards or one catch for 18 yards in garbage time fourth quarter. Um, time, so I think it's, it's, it's something that we need to be aware of. Um, I do, I I do feel good about how we how we match up overall. You know, I, I think there there are some threats on the on the you know for our secondary. I think DJ Moore is really underrated, and I think you know he was a he was a rookie last year, so I don't think he came with huge expectations. But I do think it's someone that had a great year last year. That's someone that you have to account for. But if you think about it, let's just make sure we have a plan for McCaffrey. Let's make sure we have a plan for DJ Moore, and then. And then we'll let anyone else hurt us if they can't, right? It's like, I'll, I'll take my risks with Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson, right? But I think we have to be able to to control the line on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I spoke about the strengths of the D-line. we got to control it there. Um, Trey Turner, who the, it was that wonky trade with, um, I think it was Russell Okung or or whatever. They they traded Trey Turner to the Chargers and got back Russell Okung, which was bonkers to me. Um, Trey Turner is a stud. He's younger. He's all pro. Um, Pro Bowl kind of guy, and it's like so. Then their O line's not as strong as they were, um, in my opinion. You know, if Cam was healthy, you know, Cam's gone, right? And obviously, we would take was it Kyle Allen? Yeah. You know, before <laughs> yeah. he, he went over to Washington with Ron Rivera, but you know, I'll take Teddy Bridgewater and and Robbie Anderson as, as the attack, and then let them make plays. But ultimately, I think we got to control the line. I think our corners are going to be tested. Those are speed guys, right? And and we got to be able to run with them and and not not lose sight of that. We got to communicate on the back end, but ultimately I think, you know, if we can control and, and at least manage McCaffrey as much as we can get him into some third and sevens, third and eights, um, we can pin our ears back then. And we can pin our ears back and try to get after Bridgewater. We can try to make some things happen and create turnovers. That's something that we didn't do. Once again, we didn't get off the field a lot last year. We didn't create turn- turnovers. We didn't create those change of game type moments on the defensive side. And I think that's something that it would be great if, if a couple games throughout the year were like, man, the defense won that for us. Um, because really what it comes down to is, is our only shot has been in the last couple of years is, is in a shootout. So that's my thoughts on the defensive side of the ball. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of unknown with what we, with no tape on Bridgewater in Carolina with, with Matt Rule being a first year head coach with, with Joe Brady coming over from LSU. There's a lot that, that we have to factor in, but I think you just trust the tape and trust your gut and, and trot the guys out there that you need to. So, um, you kind of already threw out the number as far as, as, as points-wise. What's your prediction for the game? So it's Raiders right now, minus three, going into Carolina, 10 a.m. West Coast tomorrow. 
What's your predictions for that? My predictions is that they will definitely cover. I have them, like I said, putting up 28 points. Um, I feel like that uh, it's going to be 28-21. Um, I think that they will um, kind of limit that offense to a certain extent, but I think uh, McCaffrey going McCaffrey, and he's probably going to find his pay dirt uh, like he always seems to do. Um, so I week one is going to be a huge test and a huge, you know, uh, look for our defense because essentially we focus so much on trying to find linebackers that can cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and who better to go into week one against than one of the best all around receiving and running running backs. So mm-hmm. I feel like if they do bad, it's not, it's kind of a, almost a little bit of a win-win because it's like, if they do bad, it's like, well, it was Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> and then if they do good, it's like, Hey, look how good they did against yeah. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. So, but no. I say 28, 21 Raiders. Cool. No, I like that. Um, I, I, I do think they cover. Um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to roll into a 27, 17 Raiders. Um, that is obviously a 10 point margin. Um, but I, I think that the Raiders get on the board early, you know, three touchdowns, knock a couple field goals in there. I think the defense steps up, creates a, you know, get, gets after Bridgewater. I think we carry a couple turnovers, um, limit them 27, 17. Um, and then, you know, hopefully, and I threw out the number of, 284 and a half for car just at, at 285 is, is pretty solid it's become actually relatively normal in this day and age of football but i do think you're right if he stays under that it's because we got on the board early we controlled the clock you know we we got off the field on defense and, and josh jacobs had a dang a good good, good game and then he's on my fantasy team so that's exactly why they should be feeding him the ball right um cool well raiders win week one um i'm excited man so I got one last question for you, yeah. uh, real quick off script. Um, your prediction on the first two plays of the game on offense for the Raiders? Go. Ooh. Well, outside of Spider Two Wide Banana, yeah, um, I like that play, man. I really do. Um, no, I, I think the first game is is true to John Gruden form. It'll be we'll bring in double tights. Um, it'll be twenty one personnel. So two tight ends, uh, one running back, and I think we'll it'll be stretch, stretch. We'll just call it stretch play right, and then we'll get six or so yards. Second play is going to be play action where we try to get rugs deep. Um, I think DC checks off of that. Darren Waller just like a crossing route over the middle, um, left edge. How long we call it? left hash um, for thirteen yards. So first first run, Josh Jacobs six. Play action, Darren Waller over the middle, thinking about Henry Ruggs just to stretch the defense, get it in their minds early and often. Check down to Waller. He's going to have a big game. Nice. So just for everybody listening, just to get a gauge of the thought process between me and my brother, very detailed type of person. Very similar. We're going off tackle right to to Jacobs, and then we're going deep to Ruggs. Oh, and that's – I agree with you with a lot less words. Yeah, no, I <laughs> – so, um, for everybody listening, that's you, you're getting a really good kind of back and forth um, just in that last little part of our relationship of of how we process things in our mind. So yeah, um, well, cool, man. This is fun. Um, I think you know, like you and I talked about before the show, um, is is we'll do this once a week. We'll do, we'll try to you know make sure that it's um, either the Friday or Saturday before the game just to get it out there and get our thoughts. Um, and we'll, we'll take a stab at it. We'll, we'll assess as we do. We'll we'll, we'll um, be able to move and shake a little bit with with the NFL. We'll we'll stick to some some script. We, we should talk about things that are relevant, that are current, that are happening. Don't want to talk a ton of pandemic stuff, but it's, it is yeah. reality. It is the fact that there are no fans, or at least for the most of the NFL. But we'll keep we'll keep this thing rolling, and and we'll see you guys next week. 
Sounds good. Yeah, we will, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Go ahead and, um, you can find us anywhere. We mentioned it before. Anywhere podcasts are found. Um, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, anything like that. Um, we are on Twitter as well. The Raider Take Podcast is the at is at Take Raider. You can also, uh, comment, um, add me personally. My, uh, my handle is at micasan 55 Um, let us know how we're doing. Um, Andy does not have a Twitter yet. Not yet. Um, but yeah, just, uh, comment, subscribe, uh, rate us, let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you like it. Let us know if we just fucking suck or something. Um, and yeah, just, uh, give us a, give us a heads up and we appreciate any and all support. I don't know, man. It's fun. Yeah, so have a good one.